Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. I'm Cody, host for today, and shortly I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, and that's Ben Cook, the winner of the Crystal Bowl for finishing as low PGA club professional at the 2021 PGA Championship held at the Ocean Course at Kiowa Island. Ben is the current director of instruction at Yankee Springs Golf Club in Wayland, Michigan, the course that he grew up playing at. During the wintertime, he also is an instructor at Johns Island Golf Club in Vero Beach, Florida. This past weekend at the Ocean Course was the third PGA Championship that Ben has competed in. Previously missing the cut at the 2019 PGA Championship at Bethpage Black and the 2020 PGA Championship at Harding Park. As always, the Crash Course Podcast and Crash Course Video Series is presented by our friends at Cooper Tires. And guys, I need you to listen to this. Do you know anything about dual sidewall design, whisper grooves, earth diggers, or three-peak mountain certification? The Discoverer Rugged Trek Tire from Cooper has all of that and more. The unique dual sidewall design looks great and gives drivers the options for wear. Whisper Groove technology blocks air from whistling through the tire, keeping that road noise where it belongs, outside. And if you find yourself out mudding with your friends, the earth diggers have large scoops and blocks on the side of the tire that act like cogs in a gear to help you dig in the loose dirt, sand, mud, and give you traction on the trail. All of this has earned the Rugged Trek a three-peak certification, confidence that it has the goods to back up the looks. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Welcome, Ben Cook. How's your uh, week been going, buddy? <laughs> uh, it was it was really good. Uh, got back into town yesterday, back to reality today. Got some lessons this afternoon, but uh, no, all is good. So wait, you're going right back to teaching? Yeah, yeah, right back to it. Uh, I got a few lessons this afternoon. I got a I got a workout this this morning at eleven thirty. But other than that, I got I got lessons that I got to deal with this afternoon. So it'll be good. What what a life! I love. Yep. It. All right, so for people who don't know, I mean, everybody should, but Ben Cook, the winner of the Crystal Bowl at the 2021 <laughs> PGA Championship. Where's the, did the crystal fly back with you? It, unfortunately, I didn't have room, but uh, PGA <laughs> of America was nice enough to, uh, to ship it back to my house. So, so that was good. But otherwise, I would have literally just carried it on the plane with me. And right. I probably would have felt a little weird. But <laughs> <laughs> So Crystal Bowl is going to make it there. The second most important thing. Did the direct deposit come through yet? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, no, I checked the statement this morning and uh, unfortunately not quite yet, but hopefully by the end of the week. I'm sure you're going to be good there. You, a couple <laughs> people you could call to be like, yo, where's my money at? Right. <laughs> All right. So this isn't the first time that you've played in a PGA championship, third PGA championship in a row, starting in 2009 or excuse me, 2019, obviously played last year uh, at Harding Park and then qualified this year again through through the club championship 
to bring you back to the ocean course. So where I want to start is really going back all the way to your life growing up in Michigan and, and kind of going from there. So my dad started me in the game when I was, well, I don't even know, I could barely walk. So I was probably three and uh, started playing junior golf tournaments when I was about 10. And I was hooked ever since. My, my dad would teach on the side. So he kind of taught me everything while, when I was growing up. So until I got to college and then I started seeing in the PGM program, I was fortunate enough to do a bunch of internships. And when I was working at other clubs, I'd talk to the director of instructions there and be like, hey, what do you see in my swings or anything I should be working on? And, and then I'd kind of piggyback on what they would say. But for the most part, my dad taught me everything I know. And then played in high school. I was okay. Nothing crazy. Even my senior year, if I was shooting 75 or lower, I was pumped. And uh, luckily, my coach from Ferris, who was also my caddy this week, he saw some potential. And he recruited me at Ferris State University, which is a we're a large division two, but I I had a great career there. My freshman every I never actually missed an event. So I qualified as a freshman to play and everything. And uh, my junior and super senior years, because I redshirted my what would have been my normal senior year. I was uh, I was an All-American those two years. So so I finished strong. And then with that, I was like, OK, let's see where this goes. And I, I graduated with a professional golf management degree from Ferris. I started my first job was at Beachmont Country Club in Cleveland. And I played really good that summer. And I was like, OK, I'll do Q school in the fall. I didn't do Corn Fair Q school or web at the time, but I did uh, Latin America Q school. And I got status for the 2018 season and played nine events yeah I played nine events in eight different countries so I got to travel the world and play a little golf which is great and then yeah I don't know what else do you need to to know that's that's about my story I don't know how to how else to go about it but I love the grind of PJ Tour Latin America I love the grind of all developmental tours there's so many good stories and there's so many good players that are out there mm -hmm. we're just looking for a chance to play and if they get a chance to play, you can see how quick their momentum just turns and turns and turns. And that good finish on a Latin America start turns into three top tens on a corn ferry. And next thing you know, they're making points and they're on the PGA Tour. Right. 100%. We talked a little bit last week before the tournament started, but I threw up the first post on the Instagram site and everybody started coming back with it with go sailors, go sailors. And I'm like... <laughs> what are these people talking about? So right. I finally asked one of them like, Oh yeah. You know, South Christian high school here in Grand Rapids, we were the sailors. That's yeah. where Benny's from. I was like, Oh, yeah. cool. So you could see the swelling of the community behind you, which was so cool to see. Then obviously I, I walked on Thursday and Friday with the family for quite a bit of it. And it was just amazing to see that many people out there supporting you and, and rooting you on. What was different about this PGA compared to Beth Page or Harding Park? So going into this week, I felt like my game was the best it's been, especially going into this type of event, a major. I was playing decent going into Beth Page for sure, but not nearly as good as this week. Beth Page is unique in the sense of it was so hard because every single tee shot, you're like, if I don't hit the fairway, it's X. Like, I can't even get to the green. Where here, it was, yeah, it could be really bad where if you get in the fescue or like hazard, but you could kind of get away with a little bit of the rough if it wasn't super nasty. 
like some of the spots were a little thinner than others and like the waste areas you could hit at the green most of the time. I also drove it beautifully this week. So that was one of the things that I, I struck amazing. If my better would have went a little bit the last couple days, I probably would have made even a better run. But overall, thrilled with the week. When did you guys get down to Kiowa? We, we flew down Sunday morning and then we had to do, do the whole COVID protocol. So we, we did our test. We, we got our courtesy car, went straight to the, the, the COVID tents to get tested. And, uh, and then we checked into our hotel. It takes like about an hour to get your results back. And then once we got cleared, we went to the course and played a late nine holes that Sunday night uh, with one of my buddies who also made it from, from Johns Island. So how did your, I mean, schedule wise of the week, when you talk about prep and everything like that, is there things that you learned from the last two that you <laughs> put into play here? I mean, they're completely yes. different. Ocean course is yeah. completely different from not only Harding Park, but also from Bethpage. And I think that the temperature and the wind is also yeah. something you're trying to figure out, knowing that the wind switch was going to come, but really practice rounds and then up into the first three rounds, it was kind of the same. What I learned in the past is don't wear yourself out. Like you can get so overly excited. You're like, I'm in a major. This is amazing. Like, let's go play. And the past couple of times I would play at Beth Page, I played 18, 18, and then nine holes, which that's a lot. Even if, if you make the cut, you're like, wow, that's a ton of walking and your legs are just dead. And even mentally you're drained because you're walking around trying to figure out the greens and shipping a bunch. So you're doing way more swings than you would typically do in a normal 18 hole round. And so I, this, this year, I just played nine holes. I played 18 on Monday and then I played nine and nine. I think felt way better on my body. And I felt like I had way more energy going into Thursday and Friday um, than I did in previous weeks. How many times did you play the ocean course prior to? Zero. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that was the only thing I was like, it's a balance of seeing and knowing the course, but also being rested and ready to play, uh, which is a hard dynamic to do because you want to know it as best as you can. And, and my coach or slash caddy hasn't, uh, hasn't seen it either. So we were both trying to do our best to learn it. And thankfully we played with some, some pretty cool guys and practice rounds that, that helped for sure. And any highlights from practice rounds? Yeah. Tuesday, I got to play with Stricker, Jordan and Duffner and, uh, Wow. That was, was that was that the first time playing with those guys? Yes. Yes. Very much so. And I'm sitting on the tee box and Jordan's cat or Michael's up there. And I'm like, okay, Jordan's coming. And then Stricker walks up and Duffner's been standing on the tee. I was like, I wonder if they have a fourth. They're getting ready to go. They all hit and bless my dad. He uh he went up to to Michael and was like, Do you guys have a fourth? Do you mind if, if a club pro joins you? And he's like, uh, I think it's just three. So he was like, yeah, you can join. And I was like, you guys good with that? And they were like, yeah, for sure. So I got to join. And, Cause I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Cause like, you don't want to overstep and like ask these guys for too much. Cause they, they get asked for so much all the time. And I mean, granted I am just a club pro. So it's, it's, it's weird. So, and they don't know me. They were, they were super happy to have me. I mean, Stricker is like the nicest guy ever. And Duffner literally couldn't care less because he's just doing his own thing, you know, and then Jordan's obviously a great guy too. So it was really fun. We had a little match going, which is cool. And yeah, it was, it was great. You didn't lose too many of those uh, instructing fees that you, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, uh, unfortunately Stricker and I did lose, but it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest loss. So it's, it is okay. I made it up on the weekend. 
is there anything that you picked up watching him and Greller's prep work on the course? Yeah. I mean, just kind of how they go about practicing. Like they, they're so nonchalant about, Oh, I hit a bad shot. I don't even care. Like drop another one, hit it. Bunch of chips around the greens. It's Tuesday. We're going to be right. It's Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Yeah. In like I never realized because you don't see it on TV but how much Jordan talks to himself which was funny so I mean I love the guy but I couldn't tell if he was talking to me or if he was talking to Stricker he's just like it's kind of like on TV when he's talking about shots it's funny which was hilarious to see and he was he couldn't have been nicer but uh that was it was really fun that was Tuesday Wednesday you said you know another easy nine hole yeah. Practice around trying to get things finally dialed in and ready to go for, for Thursday. And I think draw wise, I mean, I know you had a super late tea time on Thursday, but with the wind and the conditions, I think it definitely benefited you. It's hard to say if it does or doesn't, cause you never really know. And, and it wasn't like it was not blowing in the afternoon that first day either. Cause I granted I had, I started on 10. So I was downwind, 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 and then you kind of come back. So it's in those holes, that nine hole stretch from 14 to four, basically, you're like, okay, <laughs> hanging on. Yeah. And they just become super difficult. But thankfully I played, I played really well. I had that, that my front nine or my back nine, I should say the front nine, I, I tore it up and got it back to the, to the level of par and, and finished really strong. But I mean, it could have gone either way very fast because that course, it's, it's so brutal. You get a little offline here or there and, or you miss a green in a, in a wrong spot and literally don't have a chance to get it up and down. So I was thankful to hit it in the right spots most of the time and uh, was fortunate to get a lot of good up and down par saves too. So that's an opening round 72, even par coming out. Had to be a great feeling. Yeah. So I walked off, I birdied my... 17th or 16th and 17th hole which were eight and seven and eight and hole eight I was par three pin was all the way back right and I was looking probably 20 feet left of that pin because there's a slope that'll kind of funnel it down and sure enough me being stupid I didn't mean to I hit it right at the pin and I thought I was boned because anything short or right is as x there and you can't get it up and down Luckily, I landed right on top, and it funneled, trickled right down to about two feet, tap in birdie, and I was like, well, that was lucky. But, I mean, it was just some of those things you need to happen to play as well as you do. You know, it's like it, it could go either way, and that one went my way for sure. It's weird to think of, like, these little breaks that happen. Like, in this instance, round one, something that happened that probably changed the tune for the entire week. For sure. And, and, and at the end of the, the two days, it's like, sorry, forgive me. I got bad allergies, but, uh, but it's like one shot would have determined if I make the cut or not, but you don't know that at the time after you get two rounds in, you're like, man, I could have missed that, butt and I wouldn't even be here on Saturday and Sunday, you know, it's, but, but it could go the other way where it's like, man, I could have shot in way better too. So it's, I mean, it all evens out at the end of the day. I'm guessing that Thursday you're feeling pretty good. So got a good night's sleep. No issues there. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but we, yeah, we were last off. So we didn't, I putted out at maybe eight 15 at night and all the restaurants close at nine on the Island basically. So, 
and they needed interviews from me because I was like the low club pro at the time. So I had to do interviews right after the round and we didn't leave the property till quarter to nine. We called to try to get some takeout food and, and luckily we, we got some. We took it back to our hotel or our villa and, and we ate it. I mean, I didn't get to bed until 1030 just because everything takes forever. And you're like, man, I should have been sleeping for an hour by now. But it's just some one of those things that just it, everything takes forever. Uh, it worked right. out, obviously, in the end. So what time was wake up on Friday then? That's the other thing. Luckily, I was 9-12 uh, that Friday. So I had a little extra time, but I like to do a little body prep in the morning. I had my trainer there, which was great. So I got up, I want to say like six and I was down in the basement by like 6.30 doing some work and then to the course and had breakfast. So I wanted to be on the putting green by like 8.15 and I did that, which is good. So, but I mean, it's still early. I mean, yeah, it's a quick turnaround for sure when you go late early. And, and what is your, I guess, thought process going into Friday then? I know in the back of your head, you're like, I, I want to make this cut, but really yeah. you're, you're sitting in a really good position overall tournament wise as well. For sure. I mean, after I saw the leaderboard, I was like, man, after today, I'm literally only five back of the leader. Anything could happen. And I knew we were a little, we were early granted. I knew I was going to have to play the really hard holes coming into the wind at the, at the worst time. If I, if I play well, I knew, I knew I could, I could get it done. And, and I did play 12 holes. I was even par total through 12. And then whole 13 comes along and I make double. And then I'm like, okay, I'm still okay. I'm still only two over. I'm well inside the cut line. Bogey 14, bogey 15, bogey 16. And then I'm like, what just happened? Because like it, it, those holes just flipped to where coming in, I mean, granted for section stuff, we never play yardages that are that long. And it was weird. Like some of the holes, when you get downwind 500 yards, it's long because you can hit it 350 and you have flip wedge in because it's downwind. When you get that reverse and you got 500 yards into the wind, it's if you're lucky to have an iron. 14, I hit four iron. 15, I hit three iron. 16, I hit smash drive, rip the iron, seven iron to the game. And then uh, 17, I hit four iron. 18, I hit three iron. So it's like, That's I mean, crazy. yeah. So <laughs> it just makes the course feel really long. And if you're not on with your long irons, it's almost impossible. So a little off, especially with that wind, it's really going to make it move. On your Friday's round, so you ultimately end up shooting 77. Right. But there is a defining moment. You make birdie on 12. And you got the worst bounce possible on 13. Yes. Oh, my word. Your drive was off the fairway by probably four feet at most yes. in the thickest. Yeah. The, the thickest rough I've ever seen. And I remember you walk up there and you take this practice swing and it was so thick. And you, <laughs> you took the biggest just swath of, of rough out I've ever seen. And I'm like. Oh, oh no. Oh no. And I'm sitting there trying to listen and figure out what's going on. What's the thought process here. And you're like, Hey, I think I, I can just hit a little chippy wedge down there and we're going to be fine. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Ben, like, you got this man. You, you're going to be able to dig this out, get it up there. You know, it might run up on the green might not. And you take that swing and it was so thick. 
Yeah. And it barely popped out. I'm happy you were there for that. That's funny. And I remember like looking at you and you weren't down at all. You were just like, yep. Okay. So like, let's go figure out the next one. And I was like, man, for a guy who he was coming off birdie and like completely, you know, vibing right now in right. this championship uh-huh. to have that, the, to turn it, that, that negative into the positive and just be like, let's go. I, right. I still got this. And ultimately it started when you made that turn in 14s into that win, when you're describing all those long irons you're hitting in. I mean, it is a battle trying to get back into that clubhouse. Unbelievable. Your, your outlook on it was so refreshing to see because I think not only just most amateurs, but even guys that are playing in the tournament, they get a break like that. And we saw it all week. People just lost, lost their mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's, and it's funny because as a guy who doesn't get that opportunity to play in those situations very often, it's just like, everything is just a blessing to be there in the first place. So trying to make the most of it. And I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, if I get in at plus four, I'm probably going to be good at worst. Plus five has a chance six, no chance. So I was like, okay, just make as many pars as you can coming in and you'll probably okay. I mean, I dug deep on 17 and 18 and, and I got it done, but yeah, it was definitely way more stressful than it needed to be. Amazing pars to bring it in. Yeah. And yeah. and ultimately, like, 77 coming in a plus four was not that crazy. I know at a time, I, I think I talked to your wife for a little bit. So she's like, at the time, the cut line was at plus four. And we're like, right. Uh, okay, this is getting kind of tight. But as soon as it moved and we saw everything just continuing yeah, further and that further trend. back, right? Yep. Oh, this is for money here. Yeah. All right. So nothing crazy on Friday. Hopefully you got a good night's sleep. Yes. That was, that was nice. Yeah. Made the cut Two club professionals made the cut this. Uh, yep. Yep. Go around. Great. And I think it just shows like how, you know, not only tough the ocean course is, but really getting opportunities to play in tournaments that are this large and trying to keep things together and as tight as you possibly can is not as easy as the guys who play week in and week out make it seem no for example the greens for us at least for myself i never get to play on greens that are that firm and that fast so combine that with wind it makes it a whole different animal that i'm not really used to because everything we play at least in florida gets so soft and whatever number you hit it just stops and you're there and you can hit a four iron from 230 and it's just going to hold the green. But it was, it was really hard to, to figure out numbers of how far things were actually going to go, especially if they hit the green with a four iron or a five iron, because it might be 230 yards to the pin. But if that's in the back, you've only got to hit it maybe 200 to 210. And it's probably going to roll the rest of the way. And, but if you land it all the way back there, there's no chance it's going to stop. So that was the hard part of understanding that. <laughs> and I probably didn't learn fast enough, which was unfortunate, but th- on the weekend I did a better job for sure. And then figuring out speeds of greens was, I mean, they're used to that every week. And I was even, I asked Webb on Sunday, I was like, are the greens typically this firm and fast? And he's like, firm. Yeah. Typically they're faster. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> like, which is crazy. Like, I mean, but they're used to that. They, that's just their speed. And that's normal for them. Where for me, it's, I didn't feel like I got the speed down until Saturday and my speed was good Saturday. And yeah, it's just one of those things you got to deal with. So let's turn to Saturday. So you come in three under 69, just an awesome day. You shoot up the leaderboard. Where did this, I know it's there, but where did it come from? Is there anything you can attribute it to? The feeling after making a cut versus trying to survive the cut is completely different in, in terms of your mentality, in terms of how free you feel, um, especially as a club player, like anything after the cut is just a bonus. Like if I play great, that's awesome. If not, whatever, I still get to cash the check. So like, it's all good. And it's just a bonus for my family and friends too, just to be able to be there and watch that. At that point I had, I had no, I mean, no stress. So I aimed at more pins. I tried to make everything and, and I, I, I did a pretty good job of it. So you did a phenomenal job of it. I think that's a, a really good question there though. Like, you know, making the cut and you have a, a very good junior career but college career as well as everything that you've done since turning professional i mean you're not some random club pro that's out there just teaching and folding shirts all the time you want to play competitive golf but where does this stack where does making the cut stack on accomplishments probably the highest for sure just because of the caliber of players that i'm playing against you know it's I think they they say it's the best field in golf for the year just because they don't have any amateurs. It's all professionals, and it's they try to get the top 100 in the world. And so be able to make the cut against that caliber of a player, compete and almost contend minus hole 13, you know, it's like it was it was pretty special for sure. Do you know what you played 13 at for the week? Yeah, I was six over on 13. So. Except for Saturday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, six. Yeah, six over on thirteen and four over for the tournament. So it's like, uh, what is it about that hole? How, well, as a right-handed golfer, wind off the left, pushing everything right, and I was, I was hitting these low cuts like all day. Anything slightly open face, ball's gone. Like you saw Phil and Louie on Saturday, same thing. That could easily happen. But left isn't much better. Like you said, it's the thickest rough. And left of that is like desert where you could get random lies. But there's pop bunkers in the middle of the fairway and that you can't hit at the green because they're too deep. Anything, even if you miss the pop bunkers just to the right, the fairway is sloped to where it's going to kick down and right. So anything that has a cut with that wind is going to kick hard right, probably going the hazard. Unless you're hitting like a, a draw into the wind and into the hill, it's almost, it, it's so hard to hold the fairway. And then the, not, and then, it, and then the hole is 500 yards. So it's like, yeah, it just, it didn't suit my eyes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Those pop bunkers that are out there, the lip entering it. So the front end of it and the backs of them for some reason are like 12 feet in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're a British Open where you get in the bunker, you can't even hit out. You got to hit a wedge out, you know? I don't know what Pete and Alice were thinking there, but those are <laughs> some aggressive bunkering. Yeah. Or hold it routinely kind of plays downwind with just a ton of trouble on the right-hand side. Right. Yeah. I mean, hindsight always wins, but it's like, I wish I would have just hit driver and hit it right at the bunkers 
And if you get lucky and you miss them to the right, great. If you get in them, play to the front of the green or short and make five every day after knowing I played at six over and I'd still been better off. But it's hard to know. At the time, I felt like I hit the right club in each situation. It's just one thing to execute, you know. So uh, let's go to Sunday, final round here. You came off an awesome three under, 69 on Saturday. Started out super strong, so par birdie start, and you just got to be feeling it. You know, and, and I was. So, so I, I, I birdied two, hit a great shot in there, and two potted. And then three, I was like, where are we going? Like, I didn't know where we were walking because the tee box, they moved it to 290 yards. So, and I never played it in the practice round. I wasn't expecting that at all. Thankfully, I put my three wood in the bag. So I switched my bag makeup the last day because the wind switched because I knew I was going to hit three wood off of a couple of tees versus, versus using the three iron. I actually, I hit three wood off of one, three. So I tried to drive the green. I didn't catch it. I hit it a little healy and it stayed in that bunker area, but I hit a great shot. And, and even on three, right, literally this far short, right in the jar. So I could have went birdie, birdie. And then uh, I made a good four and I birdied five, which is sweet because that hole is, is hard where that pin was. So I'm really feeling it. And then I had a simple bunker shot on, on six uh, from like 130 out and probably a little too much adrenaline. And I hit it a little fat and anything chunky in a bunker is going to come up way short. And it's so easy to do with like a full wedge. And then I didn't quite get it up and down. I left that put right in the jar this far short again. And, uh, but I birdied seven, came back and, so I was still, I mean, I was playing great, to be honest. And I was like, all right, here we go. If I shoot a couple under, backdoor top 10, backdoor top 20 for sure. And I was at two under through seven. I made a great birdie there. And I'm looking at the leaderboard and I'm even par. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm top 15 right now. This is, this is nuts, you know? And if I keep this up, like, who knows? Like, I could, I could really climb. And if it gets windier, you never know. I could, I could really do something. And as a club pro, that's something that would, I mean, that'd be really, really cool to be able to say you did. As this is going on, and, yeah. and I know you're, you're thinking of leaderboard and positions and everything, mm -hmm. but like, how far are you thinking ahead of all this? It's so hard not to, because as a guy who gives lessons, right? So it's like, it, I'm like, if I finish that even for the tournament, that's probably going to be pretty close to top 10, which is you look at the, the the payout structure and you're like, oh my word, this is ridiculous. They could be. How close are you looking at this payout structure? Do you know what, <laughs> where it where Probably too close. Uh, <laughs> because they, they're so mean to us. They, they, they put the sheet right on the scoring table yep. after you sign your card and you're looking at it and you're like, oh my gosh, that little putt I missed. And, <laughs> and, but I mean, it's so hard not to get ahead of yourself and play the classic one shot at the time, but I was feeling, so I'm like, who knows? You never know. I, I could, I could keep it going. And, and I hit an awesome shot into eight, which is such a hard hole with that wind hit the green. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this putt. I'm going to get to three. And I hit it a little too hard and it didn't break the way I thought it was going to. It broke way more. And I hit it three, four feet by. And that was probably the part I was so frustrated with myself because I gave it the most weak attempt at making that par putt that I gave any putt of the week. And, and it just stayed on the edge and didn't go in. And I'm like, really, Ben, you just three putted from like maybe 15, 20 feet. 
and that was stupid, you know. And then I go to the, I was like, whatever, screw it. You're gonna make a bogey. That's fine. We move to the next hole. I hit a great tee ball, but again, the wind is off the left, and it just trickled into the rough. I got it up there just short of the green. Had a great chip, and, and then I had about four feet again. And I hit this time. I actually hit a good putt. I hit a good putt but it broke more than I thought and I missed it. And now I'm even, and I'm like, man, I could have been two under making the turn, feeling really good about myself. And I just gave two shots away because I missed two four footers. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause at the end of the day, that's a big difference. And I almost double your money at the end of the day, two shots. So it's, which sucks, but uh, I mean, it happens. Making the turn there because that's another definitely defining moment in your, mm-hmm. not just your round, but in the tournament, it's quite a, a hassle i would say from getting nine, <laughs> nine green to 10 t to say the least yeah so you hop on a shuttle and they they cart you it's, it's probably half a mile to a mile um and i feel bad for all the fans like my, my my crew that was there they're sprinting to try to see me even tee off thankfully one of the days i think maya hopped on the cart with me but like it was it's crazy so it's such a long walk on that right i mean closing your front nine at bogey bogey are you thinking about this stuff or are you, Hey, we got yeah. nine holes left. Let's let's. Yeah. It. It, golf is so funny that way. It's so mental where you're, you're always kind of thinking about shots of the past, even though you're not wanting to. And for me, it's, it, it's hard not to, you're like, man, I, what could have, what could be, or what could have been, you know, but at the same time, you're like, I still have nine holes to play. And if I play those under par, I'm still going to have a great tournament, a great finish. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like as a club pro, I mean, still thrilled with how I finished. It could have been a lot worse too. So I'm, I'm just like, okay, let's, I, was, I told my coach, I was like, okay, I want to try that. My goal is even going into the day, I was trying to get, I wanted, I thought it'd be really cool to be under par for the week. So if I could shoot 69 again, that would be awesome. So that could be red numbers for the week at one of the hardest courses in the world. So that was in my head. I was like, okay, we got to shoot three under on the back and we're going to do it. I ripped this tee shot on 10, but the wind is different because it's totally switched. So it's into, and what typically is a flip wedge turned into, I hit the bank and didn't cover that stupid hill. And I couldn't even hit it at the green because this is a 10 foot face. That's almost vertical. So hitting the shot, I'm like tilted and can't even barely stand on it. But the day before I saw Webb have to chunk it out to, to my drive and try to get it up and down. And he did. I was like, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it too. So I, I hit it. I had a hundred yards in, I hit an awesome wedge shot to probably 10 feet and I made the putt. So that was a great momentum saver. And then I'm like, okay, I got a par five coming up. Let's do this. Hit a great drive. But again, it was, it was one of those where I thought it was going to cut, especially with that wind. And it didn't, and it just stayed straight. And those fairways are so firm. Anything that's not going to cut there is going to go through. And just in the rough, which is such a big deal because at that point you can't go at the green. And if you can, it's so much, such an easier, like up and down from short of that green. And so I had to lay up, which is fine. And, and I hit a weak wedge shot into that green and it spun off the front and, and then I, which sucks. And I, and then I, I, I did get it up and down, thankfully, but, uh, so I'm, I'm still doing good. Hole 12 
I hit a great drive, really good actually. And I had about 157 in and I hit this little peel cut right off the 12 sign or the, the little stadium thing. And I thought I hit it perfect because it's a little into and a little going to the right. And I started at probably 10 feet, eh, probably 10 yards left of the target and it, it just cut towards the pin. It lands pin high and it keeps rolling. I was like, oh, I thought I stuffed it. I thought it hits 10 feet. And at that point, it was a downhill, downwind putt. It was like the fastest putt I had all week. And I hit it six feet by. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I three putts. I'm like, really? So it's just a really dumb bogey. And then you know what happened on 13. No, but, we'll, uh, we'll skip 13. It's Okay, fine. we'll skip we're gonna, 13. We're going to cast that out. And I okay. think, you know, you coming in, again, making the turn and different win this time. So you're going. Yeah, completely you know, different. Now downwind. Really good part at 14. Good yeah. at 15 amazing yeah. birdie at 16 and i know you're probably uh-huh. you know you wanted a little bit more there but you just yeah. finished so rock solid such a, a cool moment for you yeah yeah i made that putt on 18 which was nice <laughs> like because it was one of those where i i was thinking of hole 12 where it was downhill with wind and i was thinking it was gonna be lightning and it just wasn't and i was like how does that even happen like that one was so fast and this one was not and and I left it like six feet short again. And then I, I thankfully made that one. But it was just one of those things where speed was, it was so dependent on wind. I've never had that before because a lot of these greens are so elevated that if it's blowing in its downwind versus into, it could play 10 feet different for the speed, if that makes sense. So judging it was, was pretty tricky. Overall, closing thoughts not only of the week, I guess we'll start with the ocean course itself first. Amazing test. Uh, great setup. Carrie Hag did a great job of setting it up, of making sure pins were good. Uh, the course conditions weren't overly, like, it, they could have got stupid where the greens got too baked out and too firm, but they did a good job making sure you could still kind of hold it, especially if you had a wedge. It depended on the wind, which made it so much difficult, you know, so much more hard like the third day where we shot under par, we, we were out early and it wasn't blowing that much. And it just made it completely different versus the, the two previous days where it was blowing 30. Obviously Harding park and Beth page are so much just different courses than this, but I think every time you get to pl- probably play a PGA championship course setup's going to be key there, but is there something about the ocean course that maybe suited you or fit you a little bit better? Yeah. Even in the practice rounds, I was hitting my driver so well. I was like, this could be, this could be a good setup for me because I was hitting it really far. If you hit the fairway, it was firm, and I was hitting it low, and it was just running out forever. And I, it just fit my eye of what I was hitting, the shot shape I was hitting this week. And for me, it, it just made it easier in that way, like a comfort factor of, okay, I'm hitting my driver well. I'm hitting my irons good. If I can make a few putts, I'm going to be right there. And at the end of the week, that was, that was the case in just trusting that. And for me, it just, it, it, it fit my eye way better than, than Harding Park and Beth Page, just because, like I said, the comfort factor of not standing on each <laughs> tee box, like I have to hit this fairway, otherwise I can't get to the green is way different. Phenomenal week for you. I mean, where, where do you take it from here? Obviously, a couple of good things about making the cut, right? Did you play in locals for U.S. Open Qual? I didn't have to. So they uh, making this year, 
it was the first time ever, but if, if you top 20 at the, at the club pro, you got through locals and into sectionals. So, so I didn't have to, and I have the, uh, that June 7th, uh, I'm going to do it at Columbus to hopefully get more bids. We'll kind of cross our fingers and, and maybe we'll be out at Tory. Is that what's next for you? Or do you have any other events coming up? I have a uh, big money scramble on Monday. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. One of my buddies called me yesterday. He's like, what are you doing on Monday? And he sends me the flyer of the, the ad for it. And I'm like, dude, I'm in. Let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so we'll do that with a couple of my buddies. And then and then I have that. So I, I go down Sunday, play practice round, play 36 on Monday, hopefully get in. And then I'll drive home to Grand Rapids Monday night. And then I fly to Miami Tuesday morning for Latin America event. <laughs> and then from from there, I'll either go to, to Torrey or I'll go to Colombia and then Ecuador. So I'll be gone three weeks in a row for, for Latin events. Again, the grind of it all. Just yeah, it's a lot, but hopefully it'll pay off. For sure. You, you've had a really good spring. So hopefully yes, we keep, keep that yeah. momentum going further. For in sure. And I yeah. mean, I guess that's the other kind of rub. And, and what I really dig about you is that I don't think you've ever made it not known that you I want to play. Yeah. And it is funny. So it it depends on the club that you're at, you know, in every place that I went in the interview process, I made sure it was a good fit for me and not just them. You know, I want it to be a mutual thing that, Hey, this is the deal. Hey, if I'm working for you guys, I want to be able to have time to practice, play, playing events. And John's Island has been so, so, so supportive. Like I can't even thank them enough. Like to, like they, I hope they don't mind me telling, but they, one of the, one of the members, Mr. Mulvoy, he created a GoFundMe page for the guys that made it for us three, uh, Tyler Collett and Brett Walker for us to help expenses for the week. Cause the villas there were super expensive. We, granted we have like 1500 members, but it, they were so happy to, to help out and they're going to use it not just for us for that week, but for the future, it's going to be almost a recruiting tool for John's Island assistance where, Hey, if you want to play in tournaments, we have this fund that'll help support you play in, in, in events and not even just tournaments, but continued education. Like if you want to go to the teaching and coaching summit, kind of learn more about the golf industry that way they're more than happy to help. So it, it's going to be a really nice benefit to work there. Just having that. Amazing to hear that because it's so cool to, to hear and actually then see clubs are proud of the staff that they have, but are doing everything possible to continue their advancement, no matter which route it is within the industry, it's right. playing or advanced teaching or anything else like that. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's really what the business is supposed to be all about. It, it is for sure. And, and like I said, I'm so fortunate to be there playing with the members. They love it because it's just fun for them to, to see that. And, and we have a bunch of guys at our club that are, are that good. So it's, it always makes for, you can always get a game as you guys would say. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, Ben, I really appreciate you taking the time again. Congratulations on a, a phenomenal week down at Kiowa and, you know, wishing you nothing but the best of luck in the future, no matter where that's at. Thank you so much.